Gani and thanks for tuning in to The Grown Up Hustle. This podcast is based on real people sharing all their different journeys as they navigate this crazy ride called adulting. From coffee o'clock to wine o'clock and all that happens in between, we're here to openly discuss how we're all just really hustling our way through life. So if you're ready for the highs, the lows and a whole lot of real talk, then stay tuned because we've got you covered. Hey guys, welcome back. I always feel so cheesy starting my intros off. It kind of makes me laugh slash cringe a little bit inside. Anyways, hope you've all had a great week since we last caught up. Uh, Things have been absolutely manic over here for me, but lots of exciting new things in the pipeline. If you don't already, then you want to be hopping over to the Grown Up Hustle podcast on Instagram, as that is where I'm going to be announcing things first. So anyways, on today's show, I'm going to be joined by Lee and Terry from the Men Cave podcast. It's quite a long one today, and I did ask on Instagram if you guys wanted it as one part or a two-parter, and you voted for one. So I've just dropped it all as one, and the guys who wanted a two-parter, I guess you'll just have to press pause and go back and check it out. We've really laid down some hard truths today on this show, though, and the boys were discussing not just men's mental health, but self-worth and self-esteem, what led them to be womanizers and sex addicts, and just kind of learning a sense of self and toxic behavior in relationships. Uh, We also covered boundary setting as parents. And for all you guys who sent questions in for me to ask the boys in response to my poll, That's in about, I think, the last 40 minutes of the show. So, um, yeah, the boys just answered all of those really openly and candidly. So on that note, let's get going. Hey, guys. So welcome to today's show. Um, So today I've got uh, the guys from the Men Cave podcast joining us to talk about men's mental health. So I don't know what's more intimidating, guys, me being outnumbered by you or you having your ear bent and being put on the spot by a woman. Um, So you're probably like, yeah, great start to your morning. Uh, You guys obviously created Men Cave as a podcast and a community for blokes to get talking. And I'll be honest, looks wise, you are the most blokiest blokes ever. So you're not the type (laughs) of blokes that I thought I'd be getting on and discussing their feels. And I think that that's what is so great about what you've done. So do you wanna, it's quite a buzzy topic at the moment, obviously in the past few years, mental health. What made you guys set up the podcast? Who <laughs> Terry's pointing at me, so I'm gonna take it away. Danny, I'm actually buzzing for this because I'm I'm really keen to get it from a lady's take on what we're up to. Obviously, we speak to a lot of guys, do you know what I mean? So I'm yeah, this I is exciting. A lot of women, so I think I've recorded with like three guys, so it works well for Brilliant. me. Yes, blow. Brilliant. So yeah, so so I'll give you some context around how it came about. So uh I oh, how far do we go back? So okay, so I set up mentality which is uh, a men's mental health business. Uh, and the idea was to go into corporate companies and educate on like, addiction and resilience and all that, this sort of stuff. Uh, and then COVID happened and, you know, there's a lot of change within mentality. Um, and what happened was I ran a, a workshop on toxic behaviour uh, in December. And, and Terry, prior to that, he came on my first podcast, which was called Against the Odds. This was like a year ago. Uh, and I just we stayed in touch loosely, didn't we, Tao? And I just I just texted him. And I just said, Tao, I'm running this workshop. I don't know if you're interested, um, mate. Feel free to jump on. And he came on, and then we just we just sort of um, got chatting really. But when Terry and I are together, something happens. Like it's just we just it, like you said, it's just real. It's no bullshit. Sorry, I don't know how to swear on this podcast. Uh, there's no 
language barriers, there's no topic barriers. You go for it. Yeah, it's, it was just a no bullshit. Like both real, both honest, both hum, both humble, and and I just I just chucked the idea out there. I was like, look, I'm, I reckon there's some, there's more in this. I reckon there's a podcast in this. Uh, you know, if we both rack our brains, we can get some cool guests on and, and just talk and give lads the I guess the permission to speak up. Um, and then, yeah, it was for, at first it was called Free Men and a Podcast because we had a, a co-host, George. Uh, and then, yeah, also actually, I like the, the name Man Cave and then Tell Loved It. And we just we just ran with it. And in, in the space of about four weeks, four or five weeks, we had episode uh, series one done. We had some, we've had some amazing guests on. Uh, and now we're really honing in on, on the community and building the community. Uh, I think that's what it's about. It's, it's not about terror and honest, it's about giving lads permission. And, you know, every, every other, every other week we have a, the man cave meetup, which is, we've, we've done two of them so far. It is amazing that like I float through the weekend after them. It's just so powerful. We've had scaffolders and bricklayers and boxers and just people that you wouldn't, that wouldn't normally talk coming on and being like, look, I'm struggling with this. And then collectively we all sort of, jump on it it's, it's, it's amazing uh so episode one of series two uh will be a recording of that we're going to record the community talking about feelings so that's that's where we're heading with that so i think once a month we'll probably do that an episode of the of the podcast will be the community talking about us feelings i think that how like i said at the start how you guys look you are the most blokiest looking blokes in the world so if you're out there talking about your feelings that's gonna that's gonna convince other blokes to talk about their feelings because you know it it doesn't come naturally overall to blokes and even though I think more men are talking about feels at the moment it's still it's still not really that you know people all discuss the idea of talking about their feelings but it's getting them to actually open up and speak yeah. but how do you go about trying to encourage blokes to open up then we do it just by being ourselves Danny as in um like you said, being the blokey blokes and being being the man's man, we sort of lead the way as in that me and Lee will come up with subjects of ourselves or make it acceptable with things that we can relate to in our lives. Yeah. So we we always lead with a with a story and we seem to everybody spins off of that or resonates with that story. Mm. Like our yeah. yesterday, Lee, wasn't it? Something that Lee came out with yeah. yesterday. Something that everybody's experienced, but things that as men we never mention, we keep them thoughts within ourselves, not suffer with silence with certain comedy aspects of it, but things that we can make acceptable to other men that we as men have them feelings as well, or we've had them thoughts. Can you give me some mm. examples? There's loads. There's, there's, there's... My listeners haven't necessarily listened to you guys, although you should listen to these guys, but if you, ha- you, know, if you haven't already, but yeah, can you give us mm. some examples? So, 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 so some examples of, um, like what you said earlier, imposter syndrome, when we, we see another man as we feel has got everything and then yeah. it brings us down as in mentally and emotionally and maybe a little bit physically because we want to be in that nice car or that nice house but we don't look behind the scenes as men to see is, is that guy particularly happy is he loved is he is it does he know who he is in life you know so things like that imposter syndrome identity as in you know who are we really as as any of us actually found ourselves who who, who are we happy being and we and as men we wear a lot of different masks if you put us on a building site we have jack the lad you put us in a gym we then become a big am competitive where if you strip all that away these are the these are the subjects we bring up and then we talk behind it of actually real feelings 
So say like, you know what, yesterday I had a cry watching X Factor. And someone's like, what? You cried? Well, Lee, you cried. Yeah, we had a, we had a grizzle watching it. Yeah, because it was amazing. Mate, I flipping cried on camera the other week. Exactly. Literally, yeah. like in a podcast. Like, and I, like, like that's, yeah, sorry to interrupt you there, Tell, but no, like, like well, well said, mate. And I think, you know, look, something that keeps cropping up for me, and Terry, we talk about it all the time, mate, don't we? Like, is is the father wound. So like, I, my, my dad left when I was five, right? And even just having conversations like this will help other lads talk up, right? So my dad left when I was five and I've always said, so what? what? That's not trauma, who gives a shit? But it wasn't so what, it was the way my little five-year-old brain articulated the fact that he'd left and it was my fault. And we was in, we was interviewing somebody and, and he was talking about it and he, he was a shadow work coach and, and, a, and a leadership coach. And I got, I, I, I was talking about it and I, I just started crying. I just, I couldn't help it. It came from nowhere. And I've worn that mask. Terry put it perfectly there. I've worn that mask of like, the warrior, I guess. I grew up on a building site. Like, I was 16. I was put into a building site. It was women. It was drink. It was drugs. It was, you know, it was banned up to the point where it was like extreme, where I was just like ruining anybody. Um, and it was all bullshit. That's what it was. It was bollocks because I was pretending to be something that I wasn't. And you can listen no, sorry, you, you can you can live by a script, but you'll forget the words. And I massively, massively forgot the words. Like the wheels fell off for me massively. You know, for 15 years, I was I was I was a womanizer. I was um, I'm an alcoholic, I'm in recovery, I'm three years sober. And I I just pretended to be something that I wasn't. Really, strip all that back. I'm a sensitive lad. I I'm, I feel, man, I feel, do you know what I mean? Like I really care about people. I love helping people, you know, I, 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 that's, that's what I love doing. But when you're in an environment that tells you that you don't do feelings, you don't do emotions, you don't do all of this stuff, you just suppress it. And if you suppress it, it comes back and it bites you in the ass later on. And it did for me. And I know Terry's had that experience as well. So, you know, yeah, look, I think, I think just being authentic allows other people to be authentic. You know, I, I get messages all the time from people that, you know, come into contact with us or listen to the podcast or come on the men's meetups and they all drop us a message and just be like, you've given me the permission to be honest. Like I know that I'm not struggling on my own. I think just by being ourselves, like genuinely ourselves, not like what we're pretending to be genuinely being ourselves. It gives other people the permission to do the same. And it doesn't even matter whether they're ready to talk about it. They don't have to be. And that's where the podcast came in. Cause I was like, or what, sorry, we were like, well, actually, even if they don't want to talk up, they can listen in until they're ready. Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? I don't yeah. know what I've just said. No, everything <laughs> makes sense. A million percent. And it's it's a tough one. Like as as a woman, our societal constraints as a woman is obviously looking a certain way and getting married and being a mother. And, you know, if you're, you're still single on the shelf at a certain age, you know, you're worried everyone's judging you because you put your career first. And so we've got our own like battles that we're sort of fighting. But from a bloke's point of view for societal constraints, like you said, it's about almost creating a character because you're not allowed you're not allowed to actually be you that's what society has stopped up until recent years is it has stopped you being you and showing who you really are feelings and all tears and all whatever comes with it well from from an old school generation from our minor lee's uh, dads and granddads it's old school you'd be always taught to man up just man up you're a man alpha male get on with it and that's what we're trying to break down the stigma of because, you know, as men, me and Lee have been through, we've been womanizers. 
I hope you don't mind me saying what we've talked about Lee before and we've been sex addicts that's why we end up with kids by different women so we've been very needy in our life through things that have happened but now we're trying to open the door to let's work on that together as men let's see why did we become as we are and why did we become so needy and why did we become that way you know why did we break hearts why did you know as as blokey blokes why was we I guess essentially thought we were playboys and really took the piss out of out of life and disrespect to women as well it threw out and and also on the other side of that also been in toxic relationships with women you know it's not always men but we know what we've played bad parts so therefore if we can open the door and change the stigma and maybe from women listening in even because we have some women listeners as well that direct yeah. message us on the on the men cave and they love what we do but purely because that gives them a view of men but we're just saying it as it is we're so brutally honest and that's what resonates with people yeah, oh, can I just chuck something in there as well? I love, I love what you said. Then I don't think you know we talk about it a lot too on our podcast, and we talk about it in our man cave meetup, right? But I've always labelled myself a womanizer, right? So I've always, I'm not now. I like that as well. But I've always said it's just who I am. It's in my genes. It's in. It must be in the blood. It must come from my dad and my granddad. I'm just a womanizer. Um, I'm actually. It makes me feel sick to think about the way that I've behaved in the past. It's disgusting. However, I was externally fixing. I was just like, I felt so shit about myself. I was like, I need to do something to make myself feel better. And because I could, I did. I, there, there was never, like, if I, just because I could do it, I'd done it. Um, it's horrendous. I'd be devastated if somebody treated me the way that I treated women in the past. But I've owned it. I'm not a womanizer. I was an insecure, codependent man portrayed an image of being a hard man and a lunatic and whatever else that I portrayed, you know, a businessman and, a, you know, I had money and whatever. It was absolute rubbish. It was rubbish. You know, I had, I had money, I had my business, I had two houses, I had two, I had, I had 10 lads working for me. I, I, was, I was playing up with females. I was absolutely emotionally bankrupt. I had nothing. I was so deeply unhappy. Um, I've got next to nothing now. And I love my life. I'm totally single. I'm totally unattached uh, and I'm staying that way. And I just wanted to add that because like you say, I know you've got a lot of female listeners and yeah, yeah like I, I, I didn't ever set out to hurt anybody. I love people. Like I never set out to hurt any woman, any, anybody. Um, but I just needed not, I just, I just needed love. I just needed somebody to love me and tell me that it was going to be okay. And that goes back to the father wound. I won't get too deep, but you know, I wanted my dad to show me and tell me that he loved me. He didn't. My mum was very emotionally cold, even though she's an incredible woman. Um, and I was just like, you know what? Like, I'm just going to find it in other ways. And I found it in alcohol, women and and, and, and drugs sometimes. And I, I just like to second back up what Lee said there. He's right. You know, like when I, well, I probably explain it wrong, that talking deeply about subjects without the, the backup to that is that, um, you know, we, we, we found ourselves in a way that we, we, we talk about the past. But exactly that, we own it and we make it acceptable. And, and some men might be going through that now and we could save heartache for women and heartache for other men. If we make it acceptable to talk about, no matter how bad it sounds, let's talk about it, let's let's own it, let's review it, let's look at it in every, every way we possibly can. And that would maybe save a lot more people going down the road that we've been down. Mm. But we can't be embarrassed of our past. We have to own that and we have to make the future better. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Ciao. As a woman, obviously, I, I've I've dated blokes. I'm I'm happily married now, but I've dated blokes. I've been treated 
poorly by guys over the years. You know, I'm, I'm in my late 30s now. I've had some really shitty, shitty relationships. I sit back and look at some of the shit that I put up with in relationships and think, what? Like, but it's interesting speaking to guys who are being open. Like, I'll be honest, back in the day, yeah, I, I dated womanizers. I dated sex addicts. I dated guys who just just treated me crappy and I was young and I was naive and I put up with it. So from a female's perspective, you know, that's obviously, it does have a, a sort of longer term detrimental effect on us. So it's almost like you're then projecting your stuff onto the women that you're dating because you're looking for that, I guess that, that love or, or that kind of, that, that comfort that, that women yeah. will bring into your lives, sex was bringing to your lives. But from the woman's perspective, and unfortunately, generally women are nurturers, we are carers, we're then trying to save you. So it was, it's kind yeah. of like a vicious loop between men and women. It's so, it's so true, Dan. It comes back to self-worth. Mm-hmm. So for, for me, I, well, and, and Terry, we've had this chat, like, why did I act that way? Because my self-worth wasn't what it, it should have been. My self-respect definitely wasn't what it should have been. So I acted out to temporarily get that self-worth through women, right? But by doing that and by cheating and by being that bloke, I was hurting the other person's self-worth. So it always comes back to self, right? If I'd have addressed my self-worth, my self-esteem and unpacked my bullshit, I wouldn't have passed it on to somebody else. So, and it's so easy for the, the women to think, oh, it's my fault. It's my, it's like, it's an issue or fault. It's not like if somebody is cheating or is, is, is behaving toxically, if a guy's behaving toxically in a relationship, that's not your shit. That's their shit. That comes from them. Did you feel guilty when you were cheating? Massively, massively. What I will say is I was always drunk. I've never done it sober. That's not okay. Please do not think I'm saying that's okay. It's not okay. Um, I'm an alcoholic. And when I put a drink in my system, I can't stop. Um, I have no moral compass when I take a drink. And you was an alcoholic. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm in recovery, right? So, yeah, I don't, I'm not active anymore. So, yeah, like I felt horrendous and I, and I could never work out why I'd behave that way when I drink and when I'm sober, I, 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 I wouldn't. Do you know what I mean? I, I genuinely wouldn't. I was, when I was sober, I was like, oh my God, I love you. Please stay with me. I need you. I was insecure, right? Put a drink in me. I was just, I don't care. I don't care about anyone, like no one. Um, so yeah, I felt terrible, but it's self-worth. Do you know what I mean? And what happens is when you put something out into the world, you get it back, right? I was codependent, narcissistic. I was, you know, insecure. Like, what am I going to attract? I'm not surprised I had a toxic relationship like with somebody else because I was putting that out into the world and I was getting it back tenfold. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. it, it comes back to self every single time. Um, you know, toxic behavior in relationships is not okay. It's not, it, it isn't. And I wouldn't stand for it now. And if I'd done it to somebody else, I would completely expect to be kicked to the curb. It's not okay. And I, I like to put another spin on that. I, I, I wasn't a drinker, but I'd done it. And I probably broke a lot of hearts and ruined a lot of lives of some good women in my world. But I come from a kid in, I was in care. So I, I needed to sell a fix on love. I looked for love wherever I could find it because I never had a family that gave me that. So... I, and and because I could because I did find it in places, I abused that because I, I kept looking for more. The more love I could get, the better. And then it became a sex addiction because it was like great that I could have all this love and all these different sexual partners it, it, to suit my moods of any master I had on that day. And at the end of that, I am ashamed of it. 
But at the same time, I have to accept that I was a broken kid looking, although I was externally projecting that onto other women and also friends, other men friends. It wasn't just, that was my love life fix. I was also riding, you know, using friends for what I could get and the good time if I want to go with that guy and get drunk tonight or I want to go with that guy, play computer all night. I'd have friends of all different, you know, personalities to suit mine at the yeah. time. So I was constantly self-fixing on whatever I needed there and then at that moment at that time. So I was a product of my own environment, but I couldn't, I didn't own that till later on with coming of age and a bit of therapy, looking back at it and actually reliving it all to know who I was and why I did what I did. I find it interesting. I, before I married my partner, I was in a long-term relationship for years for about six years and what I just found interesting was that you said that you you sought love through sex because I spent six years in a relationship with someone who said he, he could never say I love you and so I stayed in that relationship and I thought that sex would bring love sex was never going to bring love if you love someone you love someone my husband loves me no matter what you know, we could have sex every day. We could have sex, you know, I don't know, twice a year. He would still love me. That is not, sex is not love. But for some reason, men really seem to look for, a lot of men, not just you, Ted, seem to look for that, I guess, that that validation and those feelings that come through the intimacy of sex when actually true intimacy isn't through sex, it's through a million other things. A hundred percent. I look for it through sex. Sex to me, that's why I say I was a, I was a sex addict because... If I was with a girl and she wasn't giving me sex, then I think you, you don't even love me. You don't respect me as a man, yeah. you know, like selfishly. But to be brutally honest, that's how I used to feel. I think, well, she not. I'm going to go and find it elsewhere then. I want to go out tonight. I'm going to go through that black book of mine and I'm going to go where I'm going to get the dirtiest sex, yeah. head tickles. As <laughs> <laughs> a man, that's what I said. You know what I mean? That's the, sh- that's the shit I used to look for. I used to think tonight, I just want to chill, watch a film, get some head tickles. You know, maybe a little bit thought, whatever my fucking mood was, it's disgusting. But that is the raw truth of it. I I, I self fixed on what I needed at that time, and it, and it, and it's horrible to say that, but it, honestly, I think, I think as well. So you need to like, yeah, that's that's a great point, and and it's something that um, as you were talking, I was like, oh, we're getting into the juicy stuff now, right? So <laughs> so I I've never been in love. That's the truth. I love I've loved somebody, as in like you're amazing, but as in that real. Butterfly. I've never been in love, right? Me neither. I don't even know what love is till this day. Yeah, because so I, I I've always um, thought sex was love. Like that is oh, that's I, I have, and I thought intimacy was sex, right? It all comes back to sex. It all came back to sex for me, and I agree with you, Toe. If someone wasn't giving out or whatever, or they knocked me back, I'd be like, Are "You fucking joking? What do you mean no?" Like, and that's a lot. That's so sad to think and to and to and to, to behave that way. Like it's horrible, but. You've got to look at where that comes from. Like, it's not a case of I. Oh my god, I'm a sex addict. It, why the? Why was I acting that way? I was acting that. You got to look at my past. You got to look at. I had no love. Actually, that's a lie. I did have love as a kid, but I didn't have it articulated to, to me in the way that I needed it. You know, I, it was it was very much. I'll buy you a new pair of football boots rather than tell you that I love you. So no, my mum's never told me she loved me. Actually, once when I had operation, that was it. I'm 33 years old. My, I've never been told that. Lee, I love you. You know, my mum has never sat down with me and watched a film or she's a workhorse just like I am. And that's where I get it from. Um, whereas my dad would say the words, Lee, I love you, but it was empty. So I love a, you, mate. 
Yeah, oh yeah, 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 you too, mate. Yeah, <laughs> even now it's difficult. Do you know what I mean? But but when you when you grow up as a boy with and you don't know what love is, like, and I'll be I'll be real. Like, I didn't. I looked at my dad's relationship with his wife, and I was just like, never in my life am I having a relationship like that, right? Because there's various reasons I won't go into it, but I was just I just looked at that and I remember thinking, if that's what a relationship is, jog on. I ain't, I'm not interested. And then my mum's relationship to my stepdad was he's a great man. They, they I love them dearly, like they are amazing, but I don't want that relationship. And I've not come across many people where I think, Do you know what? I'd like that. Because it's very I think as a kid I learned very, very early that relationships are just there and we get it done and whatever like i've never been around that oh my god like i love you like, i've never heard my mum tell my stepdad she loves him uh my it's just i don't know what it is so when i got into the adult world and i took a drink and i was like okay well it must be sex i can get it i feel good when i've had it and i you know it's that's that's what it is and it's bullshit you know intimacy means into me learning what's actually you know, into me connecting deeply. Lee, can I just touch on something else there as well? I don't know about yourself, but while we get, while we're putting this out to the women, because myself and I think you did from your dad, we, we became with trust issues. So yeah. if it wasn't giving you sex, I don't know about yourself, but I used to think that they're sleeping with someone else then because yeah. I, I couldn't trust anyone anyway. I had massive, that was a massive part, apart from needing love, I also had bad trust issues. Probably still have that to that to this day in, in, in a slight way, but never had anyone there for me to trust. So, if they weren't giving me sex or they weren't giving me an, as much love as I needed, I was always guilty of that as well. Like not actually love. <laughs> you were like, basically, yeah. if I can't, if I'm not sleeping with you as much as, as I want to, then you don't love me enough. That's You're going off me. You're going off me. You're going off me. You must be going off me. What are you going off me? So well, you, from, from you, you boys, that's insecurity. That's your own. Yeah. hundred percent. There's no doubt about it. And that's what I said to you. We, we spoke about at the start, right? It comes back to self. Like now I've owned that and, and I'm totally, like when I say I'm happy on my own, like probably too much. Like I'm so comfortable in my own skin now. And and it comes back to self every single time. There's there's another avenue on there as well that we haven't really touched on. And actually, Terry, you mentioned it about becoming a product of your environment. So I grew up on a building site, right? A 16-year-old lad who was lost. On building sites, all they talk about is women. Drink like, oh yeah, a slip of early oven, done work. And it sounds so horrible. But it's true. That's how they talk. And I, I went into work on Monday and they were literally telling me exactly what he'd done with his missus. And I'm stood there thinking, that's disgusting. I don't care. Like, I don't care. But when you're, what happens is as a, as a young lad that's, on a, that's on, in that environment, what happens is you associate being a man with behaving that way. So I was just like, well, if everyone else is talking about it, yeah, yeah, I've done it like this and then we've done over there. And I'm, like I, I became that. I became that guy. So I was like, to be a man, I need to behave this way. So it's the love thing is massive. But if you've got a lad that isn't that wasn't loved as a child and you put him into an environment that is ultra, ultra masculine, that is, in my opinion, that is a recipe for disaster. You know, I it, it really, really changed me. I became I, I left the sensitive lad at home. Um, I realized very, very early on that to survive in that world, I need to become a, I need to become them. Um, and that's exactly what happened. But when you when you come out of that, Lee, and then you look back at that, this is the other side to that. You actually realise, you know, on, on our journeys where we are, or we've been at a few years now, you look back at that and you think, most of those geezers were bullshitting. Oh, they all are. Yeah, no, 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 they are. No, no, there's no doubt. They try and impress us as another lad. Yeah, I took yeah. this girl, I bent her over the car. And yeah, 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 that's, and that's how they speak. Yeah, that didn't even fucking happen. 
no, no, 100%. 100%. Because when you get a nice girl, and I have had nice girls in the a gentleman never actually speaks because the last thing you want to talk about is what you've done with your missus last I night. I totally, totally, that's totally that's agree. That's what we learn later on is that you, you look back at all this. We're conditioned by it because everyone's jacked. Everyone yeah. wants to be jacked. This is can, how we're conditioned. Can I, can I just add one last thing to that, Tell? Because I think it's so important as well. And we touched on it last night when we were just chatting on, on just, just us, not on a podcast. We were just talking, weren't we? Yeah. And what I've done, Danny, is because I've behaved that way for such a long time, it's actually ruined my relationship with sex. So like, I'm at a place now where I'm like, it's almost like in my head, it's like I've completed it. And I don't mean that arrogantly. I mean that as in like, it just, it just, I know it's ridiculous. I know it is, but it's almost, it's almost got to a point now where I'm just like, nah, but what it is, it's not sex. It's I am over. I'm completely over meaningless transactional relationships. Okay. So for me, I said to you, I've never, I don't feel like I've ever been in love. I, I, I would love to be in love. Like I, I genuinely would. I'd love to meet that woman that just lights me up. I really, I really believe that's out there and I believe that will come. And actually what's happened is now is I'm not willing to sell myself short anymore because those shallow relationships do nothing for me. Like, like they absolutely nothing. And it's actually boring. I'm just like, I'm, I'm over it. I'm absolutely done. Um, so I'm actually complete holding out until I meet somebody that I connect deep with i don't think i've had that um and 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 i'm not willing to sell myself short anymore so it's, it's actually been detrimental to me um and it's 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 ruined my i get i don't know what i don't know what the word is i don't know what i'm trying to say really but I'm, it's just yeah it's been detrimental to me i feel like i've i've suffered because i've behaved that way for such a long time does that make sense i'll give you another spin on that Lee and Danny's that I've been with my partner 14 years now I saved her life in a fire and we grew you know we've grown closer now but because I still like I said just a minute ago I don't really know what love is because I've never been shown love I've never been loved but I try my best every day yeah I don't cheat anymore because like Lee as cliche as that sounds I feel that I've done every sexual act there is to do from threesomes with prostitute like as dirty as it can get I've done it and as as bad as disgusting it sounds I'm just going to say it as it is in my life and from that, I think I've also completed that journey. So for me, it's the it's the meaningless one, Tell, isn't it? It's the me. It's it's it's, yeah. it's it's I'm just over meeting and sleeping with someone for a transactional external fix. If that makes yeah, sense. If I was single, I wouldn't be looking for love in all the wrong places no more. Is my point yeah. the same? Really, but ultimately, I'm not. I, I I I'm with my partner. She's very good. Do you know what I mean? But she would tell you the same thing. I'm probably really hard work because I, I my emotions have always been all over the place so but we kind of work because yeah. she, she puts up with me and my ways because she understands it but she but in the same time i'd be loyal and i give her all that i've never given before in the best of my ability because as a man i ain't perfect i'm never going to be perfect but i work with the best things i can i'm trying to find myself every day as Oh, my life. Like Danny's got a question. We've just hijacked your podcast, Danny. This is a question, actually, that I was talking with my girlfriends yesterday. We've got a WhatsApp group. You know what girls are like. Can we, um, can we join it, Danny? You can join our WhatsApp, <laughs> our WhatsApp group. Ironically, it's called the 69ers slash Quiet Tim. The 69ers because our birthdays are all on the 6th or the 9th. So the 69ers. And um, because it used to be quiet time. Um, but my godson got hold of the phone and he took the E off. So it's the 69ers quiet Tim so if you, if you get a little ad from that that's our girls group you can join Brilliant. them <laughs> um, but we would I said that I was speaking to you guys obviously today and you know, I talk a lot with mm. my girlfriends and one of the really that all of my friends have got boys I haven't got any kids but all of my friends have got boys 
and one of the the things because we're talking about about sex views on sex like overtly unrealistic sex and and I was seeking that high they said you know speak to the boys and ask them do you think that fathers should teach their sons a how to be respectful to women but also to have realistic expectations on sex and know that porn isn't normal like obviously everyone watches porn it's great you know but it's not I disagree Danny I disagree I don't think I don't think I don't think everybody does um I think Okay, a lot of people do. Has at some point. Yeah, so, yeah, for sure, for sure, the for sure. The biggest thing, and I remember having this conversation um, a while back with my husband, was that with porn, obviously, whatever you want is out there, and it's very accessible, particularly for the, the yeah. younger generation. Well, they're seeing this, like, violent sort of, like, behaviour, which, all right, some some people do like rough sex or, you know, like fetishes, or, and there's no judgment. You like what you like. But I also feel like, you know... I think about our generation because we're all of a similar similar sort of age growing up you know if someone even said like anal sex you'd be like oh you know it's a bit different whereas now mm. those kids growing up are just like oh well that's normal, normal. I expect it so yeah, then, 100%. That, that little like 16 or 17 year old girl is thinking that she has to do those things yeah. because the younger generation are getting an unrealistic sort of viewpoint on sex through porn and yeah. do you think that that is the place of a man to teach their son that actually, 100%. It's not 100%. It's fine, but yeah. it's not, that's not the norm. <laughs> I, I, I totally agree. And I think I'm actually, so I don't watch it. That's, that's factual. Like I don't, I stopped about six months ago and I'm not going back to it because it massively takes the edge off real sex. It does. Like it, it's just, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't watch it anymore. Um, but I did for a long time. So I agree with what you said. I've got three daughters, Danny. Ooh. So for me, I know. So for me, the way that I've behaved in the past, looking at it like that, like it's, it worries me massively and it massively worries me about what you exactly what you just described. Yes, it is. It is my, no one in my life has ever sat me down and spoke about it ever. Not once, not a school. My dad didn't, my stepdad didn't, my mum didn't, no one has. So I had to find it out for myself and work it out for myself. Um, I believe dad should. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, yeah, I actually believe porn's quite toxic. I do. I think it's it's not realistic, um, and yeah, yeah, I do. I do. Terry, I'm keen for your take on that. I think I think men need to address it with their sons. That's a difficult conversation to have. I've never had that conversation in my life. If I had a son, I would because women, yeah, they need to be respected. I, I really believe that. So I, I got four girls and three boys, and my eldest is 18, and. He's like, for some reason, he thinks I'm kind of a super cool dad because I'm 43 years old, but I, I act quite young because I've had the music charity and stuff like that. So any artist that I've had, he loves him. He's been up studio. So lucky enough, I've got a really good relationship is what I'm saying. Like he's like my little best mate. And, and he thinks I'm quite a cool dad from the streets. But we do talk, we do talk about it. I'm very open. Even with my girls, I'm so open. Like, I don't know. I treat them as more equals than I do. Do you know what I mean? I, I, yeah. very, we're very open in our household. So with my boy, I talked to him about it because I always joke with him. I said, hey, you got a girlfriend yet? Yeah, I've got a few, but I don't tell you about it. And I said, yeah, but, and because I know my own mistakes, I reflect it on him and I say, you know what, whatever you do, when you've got a girlfriend, respect someone and give them your time. And I do, I have these conversations and as much as he, but he does listen. That's the thing because he respects me, he listens. So I try and teach him where I went wrong because that's all I'm armed with. I, I, yeah. I teach him the best, the best ways I can from my mistakes then but if i didn't ever make a mistake how can i teach him yeah i think that's a great point terry i was just about to say that through my mistakes made me a better person and and sorry let, before you talk to me let me just say about porn porn for me personally 
has never it's so fake yeah never done fuck all like when they rewind thing like, i'm at best last five minutes <laughs> <laughs> and i'll just put it out there because i want other men to know that that we're not fucking porn stars i can't i'm a five hour kind of guy too <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know what i'm trying to say that's the realness of it is that yeah. uh, I, 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 i've never been able to watch that because to me it's laughable I, I, i've lived all that anyway yeah same same, same. That's yeah. I think that's that's the difference. Mentally for me, but Quilly, what was you going to say? I think once you've lived it and once you've lived out what it's like, like the porn's like, watching porn again doesn't do anything for you. Not for me, it doesn't. It, it just doesn't. Um, going back to your question, your friends asked. Yeah, like kids learn from actions, right? I can, I can sit there and say, and Terry can do the same and say, look, you know, don't watch porn and be respectful to women and and whatever else. But if if you're if they're then going away and and arguing with their missus in front of their kids and being disrespectful to their partner and and talking um, down about women when they're in their company, you know, oh look at our ass or whatever, that's that's massively contradicting what they're telling them. Like it's, it, kids learn by actions. I can tell my kids, even though they're girls, I can tell them anything until they're blue in the face. It doesn't matter if I'm not behaving that way. So actually, what, the whole reason I tr- decided to change my life was because like. If when my kids get to 18, 20, 30, whatever, and they're not happy with their life, rather than me still standing on the scaffold, hating my job, saying, yeah, but chase your dreams. That's contradictory, right? So I was like, actually, what, how can I empower my children to know that they can live whatever life they want to live? Well, I need to do it. I need to, to, to physically do it. And then I can turn around to them and say, when they're having bad times, look what I've done. I'm an alcoholic bricklayer. If I can change my life to the level that I've changed my life and helped others, don't tell me you can't change yours. So I think it comes down to action. I think you can you can tell them to you're blue in the face. We've all made our own mistakes. We've all been on our own journey and they're going to do the same. We can guide them. But ultimately for me, it comes down to action. Also being truthful, like, because you just reminded me there when I talked to my son, because he asked me, because his mum went rehab and stuff like that. And he always says to me like, Dad, like where was you? Because you had this girl, that girl. But because I'm totally honest and real with him, I don't hide no... And I said, you know, I say to him, like, son, I'm no role model to look at. I yeah. was a prick and I had no respect and I didn't know how to be a father. I'm still learning now how to be a father. So I ain't... Just because you look at me and I'm a good laugh and all that, I've got a lot of demons that I was never there for you or my other kids. So therefore, I'm just trying to be the best that I can be as we go older. As long, and so what I'm saying is through honesty of me and him talking, I never lead him or set by example but I'm always honest. And that's what he rates about me. He can come to me and, and he'll come to me about anything, whatever it is, if he's got a relationship problem or he's, someone's pissed him off a little bit. Because I've always left it and been open. He knows that we could, if, if anything else, that's what he'll always remember about me is the openness. And that is a, a key thing to a lot of things. We but you're, Terry, but you're now living the way that you're telling him to live, if that makes sense. So like I said about the girls, you're now not cheating on your missus. You're now, you're, you're, you're putting in the action and showing him through actions that the way that you behave was wrong. Oh, 100%. So, now I've created an environment where he can, he and my other kids can come to together and it's a, and it's a, and it's a, uh, no, no problems. There's no arguments. We don't live in a toxic relationship. We yeah. get on. And Leading they, by example. Yeah, this is their solace. But I still got to have them open conversations because you still yeah. got to revisit the past of things of why, why are you not with my mum? Why, where was you when my mum went to rehab and I was like uh, seven years old at my nan's? You, you still have to revisit some things to, Talk about it to 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 clear the air as well. Yeah. Honesty is always. If you've got to go backwards, go backwards to come forward. 
Mm. From a female perspective, actually, and obviously both you guys have got girls, how you lead and live your lives and what you show your daughters can actually and will actually have a huge impact on them as they grow up. Because, you know, it's that cliched daddy issues, but it's true. Like you want your daughters to be in loving relationships with good men that respect them. I mean, I'm, I was raised by my, my dad left when I was young. I was raised by my stepdad who he, he's my dad. I call him dad. He's an incredible man. My mum and dad have got, you, you spoke earlier about that, like that dream love. Actually, I'm, I'm on the other side of it. It took me years. I didn't settle down until my mid thirties because every relationship I was in, it was, it was never that perfect love because my mum and dad do genuinely have that. But Depending on what you're putting out to your daughters depends on what they will perceive as acceptable, what they're willing to put up with. And, you know, you don't want your daughters to have these daddy issues. You don't want your daughters to be putting up with shit off guys who are going to treat them terribly. So the only way that you can kind of, I guess you can never really stop it, but the only way you can push them in the right direction is actually through your words, your actions, and ensuring that your girls don't have daddy issues. Because it's actually not just about the boys. Yeah. I mean, obviously that's, that's what we started on was the, you know, showing your boys respect and, and stuff. But actually with girls, it's huge as well. Fathers play a really big role in girls. I think it's as important, Danny. I think if you're if you're if you're a woman that's in a toxic relationship with a narcissistic guy, if you've had that instilled from you as a kid, actually I know my self-worth and I know that this isn't healthy, you're gonna be more inclined to leave. Mm-hmm. I think if you look at you know, I can only look at my my past if i look at the women that i was in toxic relationships with they had issues just as bad as i did for for, for that reason so i think it's, it is a case of words and 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 your actions but they need to align if they don't align you're teaching your kids actually it's, you're just full of shit so it's, it's about it's about talking the talk but it's also about walking the walk my, my girls i find it easier to talk to than i do my boys that's because i've always had like a intuition with women you know like as, mm. as, as silly as that sounds like my my girls i'll always I'll give them them again with through honesty and talking and laughing and joking. I'll always give them a men's view. So I think if I arm my daughters with my life, they'll know what to they'll know what to look out for and what what a good man should be, and and ultimately catch them when they fall because every youngster is going to make their own decision, good or bad. Mm. But because I've lived everything. I know I can support them the best I ever could now through life experience. I've, I've got a situation in my life at the minute. I'm not, I won't name any names. I won't talk about anybody. But so my, my I've got two children with, with a lady that I was with nine years. Um, and she's an incredible mum. Like I, I literally tip my hat to her. I, sit, I saw him yesterday. I go around the house whenever I want. Like we've just got a wicked relationship and the kids love it. Like I'm, I'm always around there and actually not always, but I go around there quite a lot. And what she, since we split, she's only had probably a couple of boyfriends and she's been totally single for like four years, absolutely unattached and just giving her everything to the kids. And that is so beautiful to see because they see their mum as being a strong, independent woman that doesn't need anybody that's not codependent. And then they've got a dad who's chasing his goals and chasing his dreams and trying to help all these people and 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 owning my own bullshit, right? So they've got two people that are just in the, trying to be in their centre and do their thing and do what's best for their kids, which is amazing. I've also got another child with somebody else who is the opposite to that. Now, like I said, I'm not going to talk bad of her. She's doing the best with what she's got. Always in and out of codependent relationships. I think it's been three since me and my daughter's three. It breaks my heart. But what else can I do other than be an example of what a man should be? Because when she grows up, if it continues the way it continues, she's going to think actually it's normal to have lots and lots of boyfriends. But hopefully with what I'm doing and what I'm up to and having conversations like this, 
she'll know that actually it's not. And and I've just got to lead by example, even more so now than before, because I've actually got a daughter in a situation that, that really, really worries me. I'm an ultimate daddy's girl. I am my mother's daughter through and through. We are literally like, people think we're sisters. We're like two peas in a pod. We talk the same. We have the same mannerisms. Everything about us is the same. She goes mad though, because she's like, you always side with your father over me. But I have that relationship with him where... He doesn't really raise his voice at me. You know, he he hasn't done his whole life. We've got a really, really good relationship. But he is what made me search for better in my life with my relationships. Because although I had those long relationships, they were shitty. There's, there's no ifs, buts or maybes. My husband now puts me first. He puts my family first. He puts our marriage first every single day without fail. And that is exactly what my dad has done for me and my mum. My dad took me on when I was two and he never called me his stepdaughter. I was always his daughter. And he showed me how a man should treat a woman. So as you said, that gave me the strength. And yes, I had shit relationships. We all do, but I never stayed in them. And I would never, ever, I wasn't someone that wanted to get married. I wasn't like running for that dream wedding or anything like that. I married my husband because he is a good man. And every single day he will, he puts me before himself every single day. And obviously I try to do the same, but I got that yeah. from my dad, from my dad showing me what a man should be like with a woman. That's a breath of fresh air for me to hear, honestly, because that, that's, that's, that's what I'm striving to do for my, for especially my youngest, like my, my other two, you know, they know the deal. They're 12 and seven. But um, for my, my three-year-old, like she is an ultimate daddy's girl. Like she comes to me, she doesn't want to go home. Like, she, she loves it. So I'm just trying to lead by example. I'm so glad you raised that in this podcast. I really am. And, and I'd like to just add to that is, as well, Danny, is that in my house, me and, me and my missus, we, we clown around. We do TikTok videos with the kids. We're quite, we're quite, I'm the same. I put family first, always, saying that I've learned along the way. And I've just had a daughter come back into my life probably in the last year. And she's 15 now. So she's come back in at 15, turning 16 in a few months. And to be able to like not have nothing to do with each other. Not, not that we didn't, we knew about each other, but again, the mum I didn't really rate. It was a bit toxic. She's got kids by, but that's, you know, I, I'm better than that now. I, I respect her because she, she deals with whatever she lives her life, how she wants That's her choice. And with Holly now, she, she stays with us, but she come into an environment she didn't know, but we've got a set up. We're quite a crazy family. If you've done a fly in a wall documentary, it's madhouse. But all my kids now come here and they prefer to be here. So like when you said that, like even my daughter at 15, who's only really physically been around us as a family member for the last year, looks up to me massively and and fits in, has a laugh, like like she's never not been part of it. So therefore, like we said, leading by example is, if I just be myself and be who I am and, and our relationship is, is, is good, like we said, no one's perfect, but we our environment must be great because the kids love it. And and I and I believe that will say, even where she was going, I think she's found this now and she needed it. Mm. So she comes every other week, and she I think she prefers to be here. But either way, that's leading by example. It's having parents that are your friends as well. Like I, my mum and dad are my best friends. To this day, I still hang out with them. I'll go on nights out with them. My friends will love them. We'll have a drink together. They're not, they are my mum and dad in the fact that they obviously set boundaries for me growing up, but they're cool. Everyone loves my mum and dad. They're, they're cool mum and dad. 
And even when I was growing up, my mum was saying to me, I would write, if you're going to drink, don't be hanging around the park. You know, drink, I will buy you alcohol. I know you're underage, but I will buy you alcohol. You can have a few drinks in the house with your friends. I know where you are and you're safe. You know, yeah. same with sex. When you want to start having sex, come to me. Please don't hide it. Please don't lie about it. I will put you on the pill and I would rather you were having sex. She obviously doesn't want me to have sex. No one wants their kids to grow up and have sex. But, you know, I want you to be having sex under my roof, not, you know, in the park or in a car or I don't know, whatever, you know, teenagers do. And it's about creating that. That's what you've done there, Terry, is created that safe zone and that friendship zone. So you are setting the boundaries of parents, but also allowing yourselves to be, like you said earlier, on that even level of, of respect and, and mutual understanding and friendship with your children. hundred percent. Just a little example there. My, my daughter, nine years old, she's coming up 10. She came in, went into a, a womanhood and the day she done it, her mum was away or working, training the next day. And that's how comfortable she, dad, can you get me the pads? Yeah, some girls might be embarrassed, but in this household, we don't have no secrets, you know, like it is... That's how open I am and my other half is that we are you good friends. Like my, my daughter's always, dad, can you do a TikTok video of me? It's like, look, I'm not really that cool. You should be with your friends. You know what I'm trying to say? Um, and this is, I'm just trying to give you a, a picture of how the household is. It's crazy, but I love it. Do you know what it comes down to? Safety. It comes yeah. down to safety because why, why did I behave the way that I behaved? Why did I crave all that stuff? I just wanted safety. I just wanted someone to wrap their arms around me and tell me, do you know what? It's all right. It's all going to be all right. Everything's going to be okay. And I didn't have that. So I created a persona where I was safe. I created a, a lad persona where you lot ain't going to hurt me. I'll hurt you first. And actually by creating that home environment where you can come to me for anything, you know, that is absolute gold. It really, really is. I never had it. So safety is absolutely huge. And me and Leah spoke about it before, you know, just going back on the, any questions that people said about fatherhood, you know, we're two people. And we admit to this day, we're not perfect. We're still trying to figure it out. But I think through what we have been through, lucky enough, it's made us stronger and made us better people. We we can project betterness to other men and openness and, and make it acceptable that we, we own, we're own this shit, that we have been, we've never been great, but we're here now, we're trying and we're making a big difference in our own kids' lives and maybe helping others to do the same. Moving on to a slightly different topic, but still within the the relationship sort of sort of sector. Do you feel that men? This was another conversation or another question that came up when I was talking with my girls. Do you feel that men need to be better educated, kind of about how hormones affect women, either day to day life, that time of the month, so on and so forth? Because we are all a little bit, you know, bonkers, <laughs> or even sort of with postnatal depression and things like that. Because from a woman's perspective, I don't feel like guys really have a clue about any of it, you know, and, and it's, you're not that well educated on the topic. Yeah. Do you think that there needs to be more awareness for men with how women are and what affects I think, us? I think, I think first and foremost, I think there needs to be more awareness for men about how men feel because like, we can't, we can't, we can't help you guys if we don't know what, how we feel. Um, but I, I, I know nothing. I've got three daughters. Okay. I'll give you some context, right? I grew up in a house with my mum. My two sisters, I've got three daughters, I've got two nieces. Okay, I'm the only guy. I had know nothing about women hormones. I'm not even going to pretend like I do. I don't. Um, we, it was very much, she's in a mood, leave her alone. I was like, okay, cool, fine. <laughs> that suits me. Um, I, I, I wouldn't even know where to start. What I'll say on postnatal depression is we had a guy on a podcast called Mark Williams, who um, he campaigns for got new, new dads. Uh, and mental health and he was saying i can't remember the statistics off the top of my head but 
that they're very, very high for, for lads that get postnatal depression. And I didn't even... One in 10. Yeah, one in 10. Yeah, I didn't even know. I've got a whole... Um, he sent me over the... He's basically trying to get it changed um, on the World Health Organization website. But he sent it over and I was reading it. I was like, whoa. Like, I didn't really... I think that the statistics for for guys that, that take their life as new fathers is massive because there's no support for them. I, 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 don't, I don't know anything about it. I'm not going to pretend like I do. Um, but yeah, I know, I know it's a real, it's a real thing in regards to women's hormones. Like I, I, I genuinely have no idea. I, I, I feel on that, that from school, like we said, we've touched on this before. The educational system is so old now. I think it should be changed because knowledge is power, right? Knowledge is key to everything. So when they do your sex education at school, maybe from the young age, they should have men and women in or boys and girls in together collectively talking about both sexes and I think yeah. driving forward that would help because I don't think the younger generations um clued up with that we're, we're we're not old school yet but we're semi-old school and we're still doing the same educational system where they take the men one side this is the pain like the women the others and it's all we've always been separated and that is why like nobody really knows each other's feelings as well so I think that starts with you you, you start with the new generation with that and education is key to that would you yeah. guys appreciate it if your partners or women in your life were more open and tried to explain? Like, because from a woman's perspective, like even if I'm just talking about PMT, because obviously I, I haven't gone through postnatal depression, I don't have any children, so it's not something I can relate to. But would you prefer it if the women in your life or your partners sort of explain to you? Because I try to explain with my husband, like I, I get the worst PMT. Like I'm, I, and I know it, I know I'm being a cow, but I can't stop being a cow. It's, it, I just can't explain it. So would you prefer it if we just were honest and said to you guys, look, my period's due. I'm going to be, I'm going to be a narky cow. So, you know, go and do your thing, go out with the lads or, you know, go watch a movie. I'm just going to go and have a bath and chill out. I'll go skiing for a week. <laughs> I'll see you in a week. <laughs> no. I think so. I think, you on that one. <laughs> I, think, I think it goes back to honesty is key, Danny, doesn't it? It goes back to, okay, talk to me about what you're going through. Um, I think that'll work a lot better than you having PMT screaming at me for not putting a dishwasher on and we have a blazing row. So honesty is key, isn't it? I think, you know, honesty is key with all of this stuff. Um, yeah, well, I mean, we're not educated about ourselves. We're definitely not educated about you, so that's for sure. And honesty is, communication is the biggest part of that, isn't it? It's just to sit there. If you respect each, this is the key to everything. You know, nothing, like we said before, nothing's perfect, but communication is key because if someone's having it rough, if it's PMT, whether you have a heart, your, your guy's going through some shit, do you know what? The best thing is to sit down, talk about it, come together, because that's that's what that's what this society doesn't have anymore. If it if, if it's broken, they get rid of it. Yep. Back in the day, if it's broken, try and fix it. So, and it all comes down to communications. So I think to your answer there, uh, your question there, sorry, is that yes, with you, sit with your partner, talk about it, but talk about it rationally. Maybe, like you said, leading up to it before it before you're going to come on your monthly, or and then and then your man knows, like, then you're going to accept it. I'm going to accept it more. I feel, oh, she's having a bit of a battle. Maybe we'd laugh about it together. Like, listen, you. Well, there's no laughing. I'll stab you if you laugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Danny, do you know? Do you know I listened to a podcast about a year ago, and the guy was a really successful businessman, and he was saying one of the keys to his success is he has weekly meetings with his missus. And everyone was laughing. I was like, what are you on about? I've heard that. I've heard that. And he was just like, every single week, without fail, on a Sunday or a Monday before the week starts, we sit down and we say, this is my schedule. This is her schedule. We carve some time out for each other where there's no phones. There's no, there's no, it's just, I am absolutely in your presence. I am, I'm present. You, we can talk about whatever you want. This is our time. 
and they talk about any issues that might arise that week. And he said, because we are both on the same page constantly, there is no cross, there's, there's, there's next to no arguing. I do that every single night with my husband without fail at dinner. Amazing. We don't have children, obviously. So at dinner time, I always cook. We sit down at the table as a couple. We put some music on in the background. We'll pour a glass of wine, eat our dinner and talk. And that is our time every single day without fail. I mean, obviously, if you've got children, that can be a bit different. So maybe you have to, you know, set that time when your kids are in bed or, or whatever. But I think it, we, don't get me wrong, we argue. Of course we argue. You know, all couples argue. We don't bicker. Like a lot of couples bicker because they're not touching base with each other on on a a regular sort of, you know, a regular sort of setup. And for us, I find that being able to sort of connect on, you know, whether it be for an hour or a half hour, whatever it is, every single day, that allows us to get anything out that we need to. And it's not, we don't deliberately do it. That's just how the relationship has has materialised. But definitely I've noticed that that has been like an integral part of our relationship and then moving forward our marriage Mm -hmm. in comparison to other relationships I've had in the past where I haven't necessarily touched base with my partner. Because if you're not checking in, how do you know what's going on in each other's lives? Completely agree. Yeah. And that's that's what, again, that's communication. And you set time out for your communication and, and you respect each other enough to sit there and spend that time going through each other's feelings. Again, honesty, how are you feeling this week? It's, that's a big, instead of saying, I love you, that's easy to chuck about. How are you actually feeling and be in touch with that? You did mention, Terry, um, sort of before we went on to that bit about conflict. So obviously men and women deal with conflict very, very differently. And this is something I wanted to touch on with you guys. So with conflict resolution and how men and women, when they are in conflict, deal with it, I find from experience, not just with my current relationship, but in life, men tend to be like a bit more aggressive, whereas women tend to be, oh, I don't really want this conflict. And then it's, how would you advise both men and women? So from a male perspective, if there's any men listening, and for women trying to deal with that conflict resolution with their partners, what advice would you give from a, from a male perspective on conflict resolution in relationships? Again, I think it goes back to communication. I think it's you, you have to try and sit down and talk to you and tell them how you're feeling. If it's a woman to a man, say, listen, look, can we have a sit down, do it calmly and just say, this is how you're making me feel right now. Mm. With all this, the, you know, the big argument we had earlier, it's, it's really important to, to calm something down and to get it to a level where you can talk about it. And I do get that some people can't even talk or won't talk because they're either alpha male or the same that could be a woman who's no negotiations, you know, then, then obviously at that point, and you have to really question yourself, I would say is, is that person right for you? Because if you can't communicate, then do you really have any substance to your relationship? Yeah. Because you can't respect each other enough. Um, as far as conflict, I can't stand conflict because purely because I think I've got a vicious tongue. So I'm one of these people that just blank off. I'm not, I won't, we won't talk. My missus will tell you, that's where she say I'm hard work because for me, it's the best defense because otherwise I'm going to be horrible because my tongue is lethal. So, and I do that with friends as well. I just cut them off because I, I don't want to get into it because I'm going to say so much hurtful shit that I don't mean, but that's just my nature. So I choose to take that silent stance and people say, oh, I can't get nothing out of you. Yeah, but it's better that way. It's better for you and it's better for my my, but do my, you come back around? Yeah, so I, I, I come back around uh, and and because I because I'm such a uh loving nature person in general, I, I forget about it. But at that moment, 
I'm better off ignoring it because then I can't hurt the person that I care about by accident. Mm. That's why I take the silence treatment. And even if someone's on at me, I'll, I'll go off and I'll go for a walk or, and, and it's deemed as, I don't know, um, selfish or in some people's eyes, like he won't communicate. I want to air this now. I have to choose my time. I have to let it all calm down and then I can talk. And then mo- nine times, most of the time, me and my Mr. will laugh about it because even when we're trying to talk about it by the evening, because most of the time, probably like it's over something stupid because we don't bicker. <laughs> yeah, it's over something. And then we'll laugh about it. And that's where that's when you can really communicate. When you sit back and look at it and you think, was it worth all that? We haven't spoken for like six hours now. We've walked past each other and ignored, you know, we haven't even had eye contact, but then we we'll laugh about it. And that, that's, that's, I think, yeah, that's communication in the end of it all. But if it, if it didn't go like that, like you're saying, Ed, to answer the question, and then I would really have to think about who I'm with. Like if it, I've been with women in the past where they've smashed the house up, you know, like thrown a glass through the oven. I'm not, never been, I'm not a guy that's ever punched doors and things, so I can't relate to that. That's unreasonable and disrespectful behaviour if you're going to go about it, it, smashing the house up, so. Yeah, to me, that that's an extreme of erraticness, and, and I, you're not the sort of person I want it in my life. To me, that's toxic. I've got, I got told years ago, so when I was in that toxic relationship, I would constantly be at war. We'd either be really, really, really loved up or at war there was no med- happy medium it was so it was horrible but someone said to me don't get in a ring with her why would you keep getting in a ring with her if you get in a boxer ring you're gonna get punched in the face why on earth are you getting in a ring with her i was like yeah but yeah she's done this it's like mate just take yourself out of the ring don't get in a ring and she won't punch you in the face and now she held abuse at me like last week i didn't text back no worries do your thing you're obviously going through some bad stuff i can't help you by me getting in the ring with you the only outcome is it is sapping my energy that's the only outcome because a lot of the time when people are being narcissistic, I'm like, no, no, it's a different different sort of swing on it. But when people are being toxic and, and whatever, they just want a reaction. Like this individual just wants to know, she wants to feel loved. And to feel loved, it sometimes it comes in the form of, I, if people are reacting to me, I'm, they notice me and I, it, I matter. I matter to them. And so if I don't give them the ammunition anymore. I'm like, okay, if you want to hurl abuse at me, you hurl abuse. I'm a big lad. I've got big shoulders. Don't worry about it. What would you say to Danny's question there on behalf of the ladies, though, Lee, is that if um, about the communication, if you was always at each other's, would you would you revisit the relationship? Now, obviously, now what you know, now you would. But what would your advice be to another woman or man that's going through that? Go, going through, there's so no, there's no communication in your in your relationship, and, and, it's, and no, you, you can't have a relationship without communication. It's not possible. It's not possible. Terry, even with our relationship with men's with man cave and all that, like and as friends. If you can't communicate with me, we're not in a relationship. Like you, it's impossible. Yeah, we can't even work together, yeah. It's absolutely, and actually, that that individual that I spoke about there, it is absolutely impossible to have a grown-up conversation. If that's the fact, there's no relationship anyway. So I think I think we can we can a lot of the time we can let our emotions get the better of us. You know, I love them or whatever else. Like, what are the hard facts? And I, I do this all the time. I journal every night and I write stuff down. And I'm like, what are the hard facts? The hard facts are. We fall out every two weeks. We cannot have a grown-up conversation about everyday stuff because you lose your temper if you don't hear what I want, what 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 um, you want to hear. If that's facts, there is no relationship anyway. And it, and by telling yourself there is, you're dreaming. That's yeah. my opinion and my experience. But and that goes back to keep whoever's within your circle. You look at you, yeah. you are what you surround yourself with as well. Do, do you know what? So how many times have we spoken about it? Right? Does this relationship make me a better version of myself? But does it take away from my life? 
okay, I've got a North Star, right? I've got a North Star, which is I want to, you know, build a go-to in men's mental health. And, you know, I want to be financially abundant and have a, a, a travel to the world and have an amazing relationship with my children. That's my North Star. If that's my North Star, it's a very, very simple question. It's, it's hard to implement. It's a, it's a simple question. It's at what cost? Okay. If, I, if someone comes into my life now and they're being negative or they're moaning constantly about their job or they're saying one thing and doing another, is that taking me closer to my North Star? No. If they're coming in and they're making me a better version of myself, that's brilliant. Why wouldn't you stay in that relationship? You know, if you've got to ask yourself, at what cost? Are you going for a bumpy ride or are you fundamentally different people? Mm. You know, are you on different pages? If you're on different pages, and that's where a lot of people slip up, Danny, is they can't or they struggle to be honest with the actual facts of what's going on in a relationship. So many people stay in relationships longer than they should because maybe the past memories or, or whatever else. What's it like today? What is it like in the present right now? And is it making you a better version of yourself? If it's not, in my opinion, it's time for a change. That's my take on it. You, you've probably got women screaming at this podcast now saying, cool, he's harsh. But that's how no, I look at it. what you're saying completely, a million percent. I would much rather be on I if if I wasn't you know in a happy relationship I would much rather be on my own than stay in something that was negative detrimental toxic because how are you going to progress with your own life goals like you said if you were constantly being pulled back by someone else's negativity or or toxicity I think you've touched on something there though Danny that is also one of the stumbling blocks is goals so I don't think people have a crystal a lot of people don't have a crystal clear vision of what they want their life to look like and, and I'm not saying you need to become a millionaire or you need to, but like, what is, what's your ideal life? Because for me, until I wrote that down, nothing changed because you continue the same toxic patterns and the same things that upset you. Like once I was like, okay, what do I actually want my life to look like? And I've written it down. I've got ideals for here. I've got ideals of uh, what I want my relationships to look like, my life, my career, uh, finances. And it's such a simple question. Does this situation, and it's work, it's everything. Does this situation take me closer to my ideal life or further away? I think going back to the clarity thing, we've all got ideas in our head of what we want out of life, right? So you see the guy with a nice car or nice holidays and we all, you know, we all think that, you know, I'd love to have that. I'd love to have that. Well, why can't you? And and, and actually when you take it out of your head as a thought and you put it down on paper, it becomes a goal. And once you've got goals and clarity, every other decision in your life becomes easier. And all the lads that I speak to and, you know, with the coaching and all that other stuff, the number one offender is clarity every single time. It's like, oh, I don't really know what I want my life to look like. Okay, well, go away and think about it. And once you've got that, all the other decisions become easier. Yeah, life, I, I second what Lisa, life is so simple, you know, like I, I had to come back from so much in my life, not just what we're talking about here, but from my burns into 2007, my journey. And as a man, I've had to overcome body confidence issues, that was never accepted. Like I worked with loads of other women burn survivors that was all on TV and I was always shunned. No, you're a man. You, you, you don't want to talk about that. No, I fucking do want to talk about yeah. it because I'm suffering in silence here. But ultimately, throughout my whole journey there, as a man, I think you can really... Life is so simple because I've had to change my mindset along the way through, through having no choice. I had to work on that to become Terry again and overcome all my adversities, disfigurement, physical changes and whatnot um 
And I think from changing it, changing my mindset, I realized that actually life is so, it's a simple thing. Even if you do write it down, like you said there, write your three to five things that you want out of life. Once you've got clarity in what you want, then the law of attraction will bring you whatever else alongside of that. But it's not always going to be easy. You still got to work at things, but you might meet that partner that's supporting you. And in turn, you're supporting them in their dreams or their visions. Then a lot more things come to fruition for you rather than, just sitting there with no goals, no, amb- I don't know what I want. I want love here. I want sex there. I want, I want to be with the lads. You know what I mean? Then you're all over the place. You're not really living. Yeah. You know I, mean? I think there's a misconception as well that success is money, cars, holidays, and whatever else. It's not like the, the ticket to life is fulfillment, right? That's, that's it. That's, that's what we're all, that's what as human beings, that's what we're all craving. It's fulfillment, happiness. Um, and that comes in various shapes and forms, right? In the world we live in today, you have to get clear on that because we'll look at social media and be like, oh, yeah, well, you know, I feel fulfilled when I have that house or that car or whatever. It's bullshit. But you, you might fulfill, be fulfilled working your nine to five job, having one holiday a year and spending all your time with your husband. That might be what fulfills you. And that's absolutely cool. And it might be being a millionaire. I don't know. I don't know what fulfills you. But the game you're playing is fulfillment. And going the relationship thing, if you're in a relationship, just ask yourself, do they make me a better version of myself? Like, do we make each other, do we lift each other up to become a better version of ourselves? If the answer is no, then it's time to look at it. And the, the pain comes, That the pain don't come there. The pain comes when you bury your head in the sand and you ignore that. That's where the pain comes for me in my experience anyway. And I, and I, I like to say that as well, Lee, just going on the back of that. We spoke about, we touched on it, I think it was just the other day before. I come from a life of broken homes, in care, then a life of crime, to then having a transport company, I was a multimillionaire. I've been that twice. I was driving Ferraris at 24 around the council estates. And I was taking a piss because I didn't even know how to have money or handle money, but I was living the life, what I thought was the life. And come back, fast forward it to this day now, then I won a major court case, become a millionaire again. But come to this day now, I've just given you a quick brush over a life that I've had from nothing to crime. I earned a lot of money in crime as well. And then to that, a legit business, earning big money. I'm happier now than I've ever been yep. being the fucking fake gangster, the plastic gangster guy, or whatever you want to call it, or lovable rogue. The fake, like not even fake, the, the original millionaire with a transfer company of, a, of an, a dickhead guy that didn't know what he was doing and abusing everything around him, love, women, money, whatever it was. To come in here today, and I don't have a lot now, but I'm I'm rich in love, yeah. And I and I find I finally figured out that every all that shit is materialistic because I never had it and I wanted it. I had it and it was no good. Yeah. So actually living life now, doing what I'm doing with Lee and things, it's fulfillment and love. It, uh, and the people around me is what I, what makes me rich. It's an inside Not- job. So the majority of my followers, listeners are female. It's about 20% male and 80% female. And I put um, a poll up on my Instagram account saying, listen, girls, you know, I've, I've, I've got the chance to like really grill these guys and they're coming on tomorrow. Any questions from, from a woman's perspective, if you could ask a bloke anything, what would you ask them? And I've got a couple of questions here. So I want to ask you guys, obviously being women, they're all based around dating because that is like the the key thing, but, um, but just sort of like a guy's perspective on things. So the first question was, why do guys feel generally more comfortable dating within that gray area than women do? 
because women won't clarify a lot sooner. Well, I'm guessing uh, okay. it's not my question. What I'm guessing what she means is guys are quite happy to just keep dating you and keep hooking up, but not actually put yeah. a label on it. Whereas women after, you know, like X amount of dates, four right. or five dates, like, right, where are we going with this? I don't want to waste my time. So why are guys more comfortable yeah. with that than women? Because God, women by nature are emotional. They're emotional creatures. Men are physical. So we look at a woman, we think, oh my God, she's beautiful. That's the first thing we think about. Um, whereas women are all about the emotional connection. I've done loads of research on this, actually. I'm glad you asked that. Women catch feelings quicker than men do, but, uh, as, a, as, a, as a rule, and correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, that, that's my take on it. I just think w- women um, want to settle down quicker than guys do. And again, it comes back to the whole honesty and openness thing. Like, what do you want out of a, what do you want out of this? If, if we're dating, is it a sex thing? Do you want? Are you looking for a long-term relationship? At what point? So from a, a bloke's perspective, obviously you're a single bloke. So if a, if you are dating a girl, yeah, seeing a girl, whatever, if, I don't know, four or five dates in, she said to you, Lee, mate, like, what what's the go? You know, is this, mm-hmm. are we just hooking up? Is, yeah. is this going anywhere? Would, if you did like her, would that freak you out? Or would, because you like her, you'd be like, no, I respect your honesty. I've yeah. had that so many times. Yeah, I've had that. Um, Putting you on the spot here, sorry. <laughs> no, 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 I love it. I love it because it forces me to think, Danny. Um, I think... It depends. It depends why I'm in the dating game, doesn't it? I think a lot of people jump onto Tinder or whatever else to, to get their leg over. If I'm doing it for that reason, and I know a lot of lads that do it for that reason, a lot of lads, especially at work, like they're just it's not going anywhere. Their, their, their intentions at the start are wrong. They're doing it for sex, right? So if the other person doesn't know that, that's where the confusion comes in. Um, if I, if I, if I've, listen, if I've been on five dates with someone, I like them. It's as simple as that. I'm not going to waste my time, uh, going on five dates with somebody. And if I was in it just for sex and they hadn't, they hadn't given out, I wouldn't go on five dates with them anyway, because I'd have been there after the first or the second so, one. So is the key then for them not to put out before they clarify? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. God, any woman listening to this, anybody listening, any woman listening to this, if you are dating somebody, do not give out honestly, because you will find out very, very quickly whether that guy likes you or he's just into you for for sex, right? Normally, guys will give up after four or five, like worst case, they'll give up after four or five dates if you're not giving out, right? If they're still there after four or five dates saying, can we go out again? They probably like you. I'm a firm believer in this and I say this to my friends. Yeah, do you know what, actually? I'm in a place now where if I went on three dates with someone and she stuck it on and wanted to sleep with me, I don't know whether I'd pursue that because, and I get it, like that's that's the nature of relationships, right? I'm in a stage in my life now where I'm looking for, I'm, I'm not looking, but I'm, when I do eventually come across somebody, I want them to have total self-respect. I want them to be completely on their center where they're like, do you know, do you know what? I want to get to know you. Let's get to know each other. I was speaking to somebody recently who, was, who, who, who met his wife, when he met his wife, they didn't sleep together for nine months. They got married before they slept together. And to me, I was just like, shut up. That is ridiculous. But he said, Lee, we got to know each other inside out. And it did not come down to sex. There was no sexual, emotional, whatever you want to call it, involved. And we got to know, really, really know each other. And then that's how you know you can build a relationship that is not based around sex being love and the other way around. And I, I was just like, and it got me thinking. I was like, whoa. And actually now I'm in a place, I don't know if I'll go to that extreme, I don't want to sleep with somebody when I'm dating them until I know that they're for keeps because I want to know that it's based on more than sex. I think if you're looking 
casual sex, that's a different thing. For men and women, there's nothing wrong with it. I've got nothing against different it. Topic, yeah. If that's what I was, yeah. if I'm not into someone, well, when I was single, if I'm not into them, it wouldn't be a big deal if I was just looking for a bit of yeah. casual sex. You'd yeah. sleep them off, off, yeah. off the mark, really, yeah. for reason. If I actually like someone, and I've said the same to my girlfriends, if you like them, no, do not, do not put out remotely and say to them, I'm not sleeping around. I'm not looking to sleep around. So if I'm going to be sleeping with you, I need to know you're yeah. not sleeping with other people too. And if they run, then they were never looking for that in the first place anyway, in my opinion. Exactly, exactly. And that is where a lot of women slip up. And I'm not just saying men do this as well, right? But a lot of women slip up because they think if I don't sleep with him, he's going to go. If that's the case, he's not for you anyway. Hmm. Like he's not, he's not for you. Like if you are looking to settle down in a long-term relationship, do not give out. Honestly, don't until you know that it's for keeps or, or it's going somewhere. Women have to understand as well, men, like in, in our, our worst days, Lee, which is 80% an average man. I'm not saying it for all men are dogs, but men like us was a dog with two dicks. Yeah. Let's just say like that, yeah. So I would advise any woman, if you're looking for the external fix, like we said there, and you're looking just to get fix of sex, cool, then you go on your yeah. Tinders and whatever. Yeah. Your sites are there for all that. You can do that. But if you're actually generally paying on a dating site or you're meeting someone through somebody and you're generally looking for dating, have self-respect. Don't give off until you know that man's right for you because a man will think with his dick and abuse it. And I'm saying that from a man that done it many, many times. You know something? I'll just finish, I'll finish this on this, right? By not giving out, you become so much more attractive. Because most women, and I'm not, please don't take this the wrong way. Most women will give out, in my experience, on date two or date three. That's, I don't think I've, date four once, date two or date three. If you if you do not give out and you're like, I'm on my center, I'm holding out, you know, I want to get to know you on a level, that is so attractive to a man. Like, honestly, if that, if when that happens, that, that makes me even more interested in you. You must be right, Charmelly, if you were, if you were getting him on date two or date three, mate. <laughs> yeah, I was just going for the wrong sort of woman, to be honest with you. I, I, I used to literally get rid of women that wouldn't give out. Like, now yeah. I would sort of respect it. Back then, my challenge was always I needed that fix yeah. of physical sex. So, for me, I need to know that you wanted me. Mm. So that's it. But that is that is how a woman having self-respect from a man's point of view will eradicate all the idiots like yep. me. Yep. Don't give out. Honestly, don't give out. There's no rush. Next question then. So for women, we I don't know if this is a term that blokes use, but for women, we call it the ick. So you can be dating a guy, you can be really into a guy, and then he can just do something. It could be like, it could literally be fucking nothing. It could be the most random thing. And you just think, oh, hell no. Like that has given me the biggest ick. So one of the yeah. questions that got sent in was, when it comes to dating for blokes, what even if you really like the bird, what would give you the ick? What's your like red flags, your off-putting thing? Great question. Great question. So I I mean, I guess it's subjective, right? All men like different things in women, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. This me. is just from you, yeah. your your personal opinions, because you're the guys I'm talking a to. Massive, massive turn-off is an ick, right? So I like women to behave like women, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I don't like the laddish, just like I don't want to, but I don't want someone I'm dating to be more laddie than me. Do you know what I mean? No, I don't. I, that's that's a massive turn off. Like, I just, yeah, for me, I, I like a woman to behave like I'm just trying to think of previous sort of examples that have switched me off. Neediness, I'll be honest, neediness for me is a massive turn off. I'm an independent guy that's trying to build something. If I've got someone constantly like, I need you, I need you, I need you to make me feel good, like you're gone. It's as simple as that. Like you need to be 
working on yourself. Um, not even like massively, but you need to be self-aware. Like if someone's not self-aware, it's a massive turn-off for me. Massive. Tell? My, mine would be drama. If I saw any sign yeah. of drama, you know, like drama queen or anything, like no man wants... I'm not saying no man, but me personally, I'm talking from my own point of view, I forget, that I don't want... Life's too short for that shit. I want someone that can communicate and actually can sit down and have a con an intellectual... I'm more in love with... I like, I'm not about external looks don't bother me because I was disfigured. So I look within a soul now because the, the, the exterior ages. So I'm more looking into a soul of a person. And I like that to be a beautiful soul that can communicate with a good heart, a good care in nature. That's all. I think that's all I'd ever look for. Can I add to that as well? Because that's so important, Terry, you've hit the nail on the head. So I was dating someone who ticked every single box, every box, absolutely stunning, caring, all of it. But I could not have a deep and meaningful conversation with her. I stuck out for nine months and I knew something was missing, but I ignored it. If I can't vibe with you and I can't sit there and talk about life and goals and whatever else, it's done. But like it's done. So again, it comes, I guess that comes back to clarity, but turn offs. Yeah. Just, yeah. That's it for me anyway. What, what, actually, I'm keen to know what it is for you. What is it for me? Um, I'm very, very independent. I can only be yep. in a relationship with someone else who is equally as independent I'm an, I'm an introverted extrovert in the sense that I'm I'm great, I'm loud and chatty for a period of time. And then I need to reset. And that means reset away from everything and everyone, including my partner. And they need to be okay with that. So yeah, neediness. And, and they've yeah. got to have their own independence and their own sort of drive and know what they're doing, have their own hobbies, their own goals, their own ambitions. So if they don't, that's a big ick. I think, yeah, I think that's a great point as well, Danny. Like, if it, take, forget what, all of what I've just said. It comes down to working on themselves. If, if they're not self-aware and they haven't got self-respect, I'm just not interested. I'm just not interested. Neediness is, is not attractive. Someone I don't, a big ick for me is controlling. I don't like people who are controlling. Again, I'm strong-minded, I'm independent. You're entitled to your opinion and I will always take that on board out of respect for my partner, but do not try to control me because ultimately I'm living my life and you're living yeah. yours and we have to be able to work yeah. together. If they try to be controlling, that will give me the ick. And the thing with me is I'll, I'll tolerate and tolerate, but inside I'm switching off. And then yeah. once I switch right. off, there's no going back. Will, Will Smith said it years ago, years ago. He was like, it is not my responsibility to make Jada happy. It's mm. not. It's on Jada to make Jada happy. And then we come together and we're even happier together. Yeah. And I think actually more, more people need to look at it like that because so many people go into relationships thinking, oh my God, like you, you complete me. I, I hate that saying, you complete me. No, fuck that. You're complete on your own and you come together and you build something beautiful um, I think, yeah, it comes back to self every single time. Another ick would be, I'm not really into someone who thinks they're a bit of a bit of a lad, like a bit of a boy. I, I like a man. I like a man to be a man. Hold, like I'm very respectful and I expect a man to be respectful, equally as respectful back. And I do like a little bit of that old fashioned, you know, holding open the doors and stuff like that, because I just think that's how it should be. So if they're just like, oh yeah, whatever, darling, like you deal with that. Another really big ick actually. Oh my God, this is actually the most ridiculous, but big ick. If you can't, if you can't fucking do stuff around the house, like <laughs> just be useful. Like I can cook. I know this is very, you know, like a lot of women out there, like feminists will be like, no, but I can cook and I cook a mean meal. I bake a mean cake. I can't hang a shelf for shit. 
I can't fix the flush on the toilet. I need you to be a man and do these things. And if you can't do these things, that would be a bigot for me, actually. That's uh, sexist. It is. <laughs> I don't care. I don't yeah. care. Like, my fella is out there building a fence for my dogs at the moment. And do you know what? He's doing a better bloody fence than most fence companies. And I like that. Do you know, do you know what it is? I think, yeah. I think it's, a case, it's a case of knowing what your icks are and not ignoring them. Because they have a red flags effect, aren't they? I think it goes back again to that if you're with the right person, it's like me. Like I generally enjoy cleaning, so I load the dishwasher. You know, I, I do things. My husband thinks that when he puts the mug on top of the dishwasher, oh, it just magically goes in there. And I'm like, love, like, it's empty. Like, just put, <laughs> just, open, just open the door, put the mug in. And he's like, yeah, well, I do load the dishwasher. And he does, to be fair, but I'll just put the fucking mug in the dishwasher. He's too busy building a fence. Oh, yeah. Don't stick up for him. <laughs> yeah, like, listen to this podcast, and then he's going to be like, "See, see, that bloke knows." <laughs> no, but so, see, I, I, me and Leah builders as well. So I do a lot of building around the house, and and she says she wants to change the room color, or whatever it is, I do it. But at the same time, once a week, I've sort of my little bits that I had to strengthen her as a partner. So I will load and I'll, load, I'll unload a dishwasher, but generally she's here all the time and does that a lot more. But what I will do once a week is with a tumble dryer, I'll, I'll put the salt in, I'll do the clean cycle. So that I maintain it. Yeah. You get me? So, and that's a partnership. So the things that maybe she's not probably getting the time to do, or she, and she does do it as well sometimes, but ultimately I respect that she's doing it more than me. So let me maintain it and keep the maintenance up on it. Even the oh. washing machine, throw a cow gone through it and descale the kettle, you know, but I enjoy, I hoover like the house. So I enjoy it. And she always says, Oh, let me do it because you don't do the stripes the right way in the car. But either way, I still enjoy doing it. So when she's not here, I'll put the music on and hoover and I'll do my bit, you know, because I like I like it clean as well. So I, I enjoy doing all that as well. As a man, I enjoy it. What questions, Danny? What else you got for us? This is fun. <laughs> what do men wish that women knew about them or understood better about them? From your personal perspectives, because obviously you can't speak for all men. I'll go first while he's thinking about it. I, 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 w- I would say what I wish women knew is that we're no different really to you. We have emotions as men. Yeah. And although we're not in tune with it as much as we should be, I think that w- we still feel pain. We still have confidence issues. We're not as like society tells you that we're man up and we can just get on with it because we tend to suffer. In, like, that's why the suicide in men's rate is a lot higher. So that tells you in the, in the stats there itself. So, I guess that's what I'd want women to know is that it, with your partner, whatever, maybe try and delve into making them be all right to, to bring them into your world as women can easily do it more than men after girly chats and the coffee mornings, bring your partner into that with yourself, not into mm. a chat with other people, but, but be mindful of maybe how your partner as a man. That's how do mindful. we get that out of you? Because generally you blokes, all of you, that I've experienced, you just clam up if we try and talk about feels and oh, it's all right. And you're like, well, no, love, there's something else going on. It's over time what you have to break down the barriers. You have to make it acceptable for your man to talk. And if they if they're with you, so you're a partnership. So over time, it, I don't think you'll get any like stand up man to open up straight away. Mm. But the more you talk and the more you make it acceptable, is at the right time that they'll open up and even them little changes you won't realize what you're doing but to making it acceptable to talk and opening mm. keeping that conversation open is very important to a man it comes back to safety danny 
you got to make you got you've got to create a safe environment for them to be themselves. Uh, Terry nailed it. I don't need to say anything else other than men feel every single emotion women feel, um, but we don't feel safe to voice that. So, yeah. So if you're in a relationship and your husband is struggling, and you're saying things like "you should man up" or "you should" or "what's up with you" or "what's up with you." It needs to be a conversation like this where you're just like, come on, let's chat. Like, what's up? And it needs to be a safe space like Terry's created with his family. It needs to be a place where you can just say, do you know what? I feel shit. And maybe, maybe if, if, if not always that you can't get your man to talk, sometimes you can just show it through compassion. You know, like yeah. if you feel there's a problem with your man or, or, you know, even if you don't feel there's a problem, you just feel, do you know, I'll hear what I want to make this is this safe environment, like Lee just said there. Just sit there, like you know, touch your man when you're sitting there watching a movie. You know, like in a, in not in a sexual way, just in a, a comforting action. way, like action. affection. Give your man affection because that will create that safe environment for him to, for you to come to when he needs you. The final question, which we did touch on a little bit earlier, is actually to do with body image. So you blokes both said, look, you know, looks fade. It's what's on the inside that counts. Doesn't matter how fit she is or whatever. It you know, if she, if she hasn't got anything else to bring to the table, it doesn't, there's nothing there. A lot of women, when they go through pregnancy and childbirth, obviously their bodies change as they age, their bodies change. And for us, even for myself, like, it doesn't matter what my husband says, it, like that consumes me. I think shit, you know, my body's changing and my face is changing and things are starting to go a bit downhill. And how, how genuinely, like, how important is that for you guys? Personally, again, because I know some blokes are really just into the looks. So for me, I am absolutely addicted to real. Okay, so fake boobs don't do nothing for me. Like, I love real. I like battle scars don't bother me. Like, I'm, yeah, I've just got an obsession with real. I think that's why we're doing a podcast. That's why I talk like the way I talk. So stretch marks don't bother me. I love curves. Like, I don't want a stick fin model. I'm not, who's interested in that? I, I'm not, definitely um, for me, it's all about connection. So, I mean, yeah, like I, I just, it, it, it's not something that I look at. Does that make sense? So if someone's had a kid and they've got stretch marks, I, it doesn't even enter my head. It doesn't even enter my head. Because from a woman's perspective, we think, oh God, you know, you look at all these like yeah. airbrush perfect women and we think, fuck, I don't look like that naked. And then you think, yeah. oh, is that what my fella's hoping I look like? Do you know what I mean? So I think that is quite a big security for women. Yeah, so that's 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 women gauging themselves off of false, basically, because it is it's all airbrush bullshit. Yeah. You know, if you're if you meet somebody and they love you for you and they fall for you for you and they get to know, and again, it goes to the holding back, holding now, don't give out thing. Like get to know them on a personal level before you get your clothes off and get naked. And by that time, hopefully, you know, they like you for you and the, the, the stretch marks and stuff don't matter. Um, it, it goes back to the superficial thing, doesn't it? Like do you want a superficial relationship? And I, I get it. Like, we all want to look good. I'm sure Terry's got another take on this. Like, I still think, oh, I don't look where I should. I ain't got a six pack. I'm not muscly anymore. We've all, we're all body conscious to a certain degree, men included. Cock size is massive for men. We all think about really? it. Well, they say don't. Yeah, they do. Cool. I do. I do. And I ain't, I, I, I'm not saying it big headedly. I'm not struggling in that department, but it's still something that we think about. Did the last partner have a bigger cock than me? Like, that's, that's a real conversation that we have in our heads. Honestly, like it really, really is. So actually, that was a question that I didn't put on this list because I had so bloody many. But do you guys compare yourself then? I don't think we're ever going to get off this podcast, but do you guys actually compare yourself or worry about like people's past partners? 
Because, like, to me, yeah. it's a no-brainer. If, if they still like that person, they'd still be with them. So why would you compare yourself to someone's past partner? Yeah, yeah, you do, as a man, yeah. I mean, I, I do, 100%. I know other men do. I've had this conversation loads of times. We had it the other day, tell. Yeah, you think, did, did he have a bigger cock than me? Was he better in bed than me? Did she love him more than me? It's insecurity. It comes back to us every time. What girls that, that I've been with? Like, is this the Yeah, 100%, yeah. Like, but as a woman, we don't really care. I'll be honest with you. We don't really care. Really? No, really. Like, about, about what? About what? Cock size. That's just not a No way. I'm not having that. <laughs> really? You could speak to, well, I can only speak for myself and my group of girlfriends. Some are single, some aren't. And they all say the same thing. Actually, the most important thing is probably foreplay, connection, and actually thinking about the woman. It's mm. all about so I, I guess. I guess how that's relevant to... The question that you asked is you guys are worried about stretch marks and whatever else, like not about body confidence. <laughs> but, but yeah, but we're thinking similar stuff, just a bit different, right? So we're thinking about the past. We're thinking about actually, am I performing well enough? We're put, like, that's that's a real thing. Like we all, suffer, men and women suffer the same emotions, whether it's, you know, whether it's about body confidence or sex or whatever else we do. So my, my spin on that question, Danny, is that, from 2007, when I got before I got burned, I classed myself as a pretty boy, stroke playboy. That's what I was. I, I and I've took some girls who are overweight and whatever, whatever I could fix on, I fixed on. So I've had every spectrum. Is my point. But fast forward to 2007 now, and I've had life changing disfigurements. Although I've healed very well now, 14 years later. But at the time, for for eight years, I went through it of looking in the mirror and being someone totally different. And then I experienced the worst journey of every any man I fit or any woman even could have in their life is to live a journey of disfigurement. And then realize that men ain't allowed, or not allowed, but there was no platform for me or no help for me with body confidence issues. And a man that used to box, you was used to keep in shape, everything like, same as what Lisa, the six pack, everything I loved about myself, I was trying to gain back and I was trying to, I had no eyebrows. I had got hair transplants in my eyebrow. Like I was trying and now I'm hitting surgery, the things that I said I would never do to try and get everything back to who Terry is. But in the end of it all, it changed me for the better as in that I don't ever look at external features of somebody I look within and what, and, it, and it's taught me a big lesson because the beauty is within everyone. 100%. Who they really are. The external thing and the same as myself now i can laugh at things and and even your general men things now yeah well i have the things like that but i laugh about it if me and lee was to talk about it although we ain't talked about this one yet but some of my other male friends even some of my girlfriends i have a lot of girls that i talk to in the burns world and through all the charity work that i've done and i sit there you know like we have things like women have they're doing their pelvic thrust at their age to keep everything tight our balls are down by our knees so, but but as men, as, as long as we we need these body confidence issues and these chats because we need to share. I don't want to be the only man with balls down by my knees. I think I think it comes back to what we were saying about the safety, right? So we've got to make you girls feel that you're beautiful and that none of that stuff matters. But it needs to be reciprocated because we also struggle with other stuff. For my whole life, I've been like. You know, that insecurity has been like, that guy's better than me. I don't even know him. I know nothing about the dude, but I'll look at a good looking lad, you know, six foot something, muscle and think, oh, yeah, but he's better than me. She'd be better off with him. I don't even know the dude. 
Do you know what I'm saying? It's just, it's, it's, it's a situation that I create in my head. I've had it so many times, so many times. I mean, not so much now because I, I work on myself like relentlessly. But like, I mean, do, you, do like girls do that too, right? Think, oh yeah, that girl is, is better looking than me. We do it as well. We, we just don't talk about it. Not so much now though. I think it is as you work on yourself, that stuff does go. And I think that's the same with women and men. So if you're worried about your body confidence or whatever, the more you work on you, the more that stuff will slide. I promise you just got to work on yourself. With age is a big thing. Like I used to be a lot more like self-conscious or insecure. I'm only a couple of years off 40 now. And I'm kind of like, well, this is how it is. And you know what? It looks all right for my age. So we'll just run with it. And you just, you get on with it, don't you? Self-acceptance in the end, mm. self-love. That's what happened. Like I said, I'm happy where I am. A tattoo on my face, pale, slightly out of shape here and there. But as I can still do the things that I love to do and I still get up and enjoy life. And the right people will love me for me. I don't have to be any different. Yeah, a lot of the time, actually nearly all of the time, that I've thought that guy's better than me. When I've got to know them, there's something there that I didn't even, I'd never ever imagined. Do you know what I mean? They're horribly insecure or they're narcissistic or they're, you know, they're hooked on drugs and drink or whatever else. And actually, like, nothing is as it seems. Like, nothing is... When you're looking at other people and you're comparing yourself to other people, and it's not just social media, like, everyone is fighting a battle you know nothing about. And it doesn't matter whether they're six foot muscly and tanned or they're, you know, or they're a woman that's got massive boobs, a big bum and, and a small waist. Like, it's irrelevant. They're all battling something. And actually, some of the most beautiful women that I've been with and got to know are horribly, horribly insecure. Actually, the most beautiful human being I know, in fact, uh, visually, is probably the most insecure woman I've ever met. My most beautiful female friends are my most insecure female friends by a country mile. It's insane. It's actually yeah. insane. But I think it's because society, their whole life has told them they're beautiful and then they've not been able to maybe develop or grow internally as people. And therefore, as they've gotten older, they're losing confidence. And then as they're getting older, their looks are changing. And then they're thinking, what else am I bringing to the table? That's my take on that situation anyway. Totally agree. Yep. Totally agree. So just to round things up, finally, I don't even know how I'm going to edit this. I might just not edit it and just chuck it on and just, just go <laughs> rogue it. But how, what advice can you give to men who are looking to maybe like embark upon a journey of self-discovery or therapy? Or what advice can you give to women to try and encourage their partners on this journey? Uh, it's quite, it was quite an easy answer for me. It's find somebody who's got what you want. And, and like success leaves clues, right? And I don't mean that as in, in a business world. I mean, if somebody has got a life that you want, someone that you look up to, and we all do it. I've got people that I do it to. Look at what they do. Look at what their routine and look at how they live their life. And you can start that journey. How would a woman encourage a, their partner to become aware? The, the only thing you can do is create a safe place for them to, for them to feel safe so they can f- first talk to you and then you can signpost them to things like Man Cave or, you know, even just doing this podcast, like it's massively helping and with what we're doing as well. Um, like everything's temporary. Tell, do you know, remember what you said to me on that podcast the first time you came on when we have first time we ever met? You was like, the rain never lasts forever. Like it's, it's all, it's all temporary. The, the clouds will go, the, the, you know, it'll all, it'll all get better. And I think if you as part, as, as women can create a, an environment, a, a, a what am I trying to say? A relationship where men feel, do you know what? Like this girl cares and I can actually be honest with her. 
that's that's a great starting point because they're not going to do it at work. You know, the chances are they're not going to come on the man cave until they've had that conversation with their partner. It'd be great if they did, but um, it's just about creating that space, I believe, anyway. And put and putting your relationship first as a woman, put your relationship first rather than your friends or anything outside of your work. Put like how you said it earlier, Danny. Put your relationship first. Invest your time into your man, and vice versa, men into women. Yeah. And time invested pays dividend. It's yeah. pretty much as simple as that because it'll all come with that. The affection will be given, the talking, the, the um, communication. It'll all come with that if you invest your time into it because you want to do that. Then you're with the right person. Your man's not going to open up if your relationship isn't healthy. They're not like even if you've got an unhealthy relationship and you're saying, "Oh, babe, you can talk to me." Like they, they, you've got to work on the fundamentals. You get the fundamentals right, and the rest will follow. Um, it's, it's about working on self. It's also about working on as a couple and then the rest of the stuff will, will, will naturally take its course. Well said, Tell. Couples are forgetting to integrate with each other anymore, communicate with each other. In the same breath as well, I just want to stick it out there that there are guys that aren't in great relationships and do want to talk up and they can come straight to us. Like that's that's definitely a thing and we do get people like that. Um, it's great. Like the, the, the end goal is to get people talking, right? So you know, if you can't, if you feel like you can't talk to your partner, come talk to me and tell, like confidentially, like let's chat. Like that's what this is all about. So for, can you, can you give us the links for anyone, for either men listening or for. Yeah. So, so we've got, um, we're, we're building our community over on, on Facebook. We've got a private man cave group. Uh, so you can join that. We'll accept you. Obviously it's only open for men. Um, and then every other week we have a man cave meet up on a Saturday morning at nine o'clock. Um, and you can find me on social media at mentality underscore the official uh, and at man cave podcast uh, and tell. Yeah, you can find me on, on the same men's podcast and men, men's cave meeting group on Facebook, as well as Terry Dunnage on all other social medias. But I'd just like to add what we said daily, you know, we, we that's why we do what we do. And it's not in a sexist way when Lee said there for, for men only. But we're doing this like for you ladies to maybe steer your partner if they're struggling towards us to put them against everyday blokes or amongst everyday blokes where there's a safe haven where where they probably will open up because we talk about things on our podcast that I've never heard other men talk about. Even me and Lee were so honest, man. Like there's, mm. there's you couldn't be any honest than me and Lee. So there is now places for men to turn to and for you women to steer your men too. And we and we don't come from a sexist point of view, but we are trying to change the stigma for men. So right now we have to work with men, but we're doing this with you today, Danny. We still want women's opinions. We still want women to check in on the podcast and get their views of it as well. Um, and we will be opening up to interviewing women as well ourselves because we want both sides of it. Yeah. But right now we're just trying to, push for the men to have a, a, a safe haven to come to, which I don't believe has really yeah. ever been done. No, in, it has. In not, not in the way we're doing it, Terry. Not in the way we're doing it. So we, we are for the everyday man, Danny. There's a lot of people, a lot of people doing it that are, you know, not like us. Like you said it at the top of the podcast, right? We are very different to your average men's mental health guys. Uh, and we, we are the bridge from, from lad culture to, to self-development, I guess. Um, and, and, you know, Terry and I have been talking, we're going to be start to do, we're starting to do men's retreats, uh, week retreats where we take guys away like us, uh, on a, on a transformational journey. That's, that's happening this year for sure. Um, and, and we're just going to build it and grow it and grow it and grow it. And we want, like I say, we, we want to become the go-to in men's, men's mental health where lads like us can come 
get everything they need and get connection because let's have it right. That's what that's what this world's missing at the moment is connection. And if we if we, if we can help men become better versions of themselves, it benefits yeah. women, right, as well. Yeah, for sure, Everyone. a million percent, Everything. because they, it takes away the stigma. It opens up lines of communication, and it helps each person find their own self worth, so that they can actually bring more to their relationships and their day to day life. Yeah, well said. Well, like that is a great ending to a great two hours. That was a good ending. Well, I'm going to round it up, guys. But thanks so much for joining us and just giving us your spin from a completely male perspective and allowing me to interrogate you for two hours. I wonder if it'll be two hours by the time I've edited it. <laughs> Thank you for having us. Honestly, I've loved this. Completely different to what we're used to. Um, and honestly, if any of your listeners, female or male, want to reach out to us and ask us questions, please, please, please do. Because like, that will help us with what we're doing as well. So we would love to connect. Yeah, and I'd like to say thank you for having us, Danny, because uh, I enjoyed it. Because it's, uh, it's I've always said to leaders anyway, and I, because the I, I, biggest of my following from the Burns and my charity is women. And I, and I speak to a lot of women, so I'm never against them in any way. That's why I always make the pure fact it's not sexist at all, because I love my women there. And ultimately, talking to you today, I like this openness where men and women can have this, because I think it helps both sides. Yeah. And if we can do that with you, with your group, of, you know, single women, uh, women with partners, whatever, I think me and Lee can really change the game because we're so honest. And I think... Yeah. It, even in that, I think we have a lot to offer, as in that you can grill us, ask us questions, and you get a real answer. That's what women want. That is what women want. Whether they're single or in a relationship, we don't always fully understand the opposite sex as much as you guys don't understand us. So that's what we're looking for, is to create something where we can just actually all talk openly. I think we should set it up. I'm all in. I'd, I'd actually really like that, because I bet that would help us with the angles on our podcast too. Yeah, also help us in life, as in with with when we're helping yeah. other men, we get the women's perspective to take into our meetings. The podcast aside, just taking into men's meetups, we're getting a yeah. women's spin of that, so we can also advise men. Well, you know, it gives us knowledge is power. I'd love to. I'd love to. I'd love to. Well, a massive thank you again, guys, for coming on and talking to us today with so much honesty and so candidly. The platform that you guys have set up is absolutely amazing. And it's been such a great chat today. And I think I can say that from both men and women listening, we really do appreciate how open and honest you were with these chats. I've had a great time recording with you and I am looking forward to more collabs in the future. As always, guys, thanks for tuning in. If you guys enjoyed today's episode, then don't forget to subscribe. And if you could also hop on and leave a star rating and a review if you're on Apple, I would be heaps grateful. If you want to connect with Lee and Terry, you can find them on Instagram under Men Cave Podcast. And as always, they'll be tagged on my Instagram posts. And I'll also leave the details in the show's bio too. Whether you're a woman or a man looking for advice, definitely reach out to them. And all the guys out there listening, don't forget the guys also run the bi-monthly online men's meetup. On next week's show, I've got blogger Carly, also known as Honestly I'm Okay on the show. And she's going to be sharing her story of suicide, loss and grief with us. And how as a mother, you should not feel afraid to reach out now for help with your mental health i will pop a trigger warning on the show notes but it really is a beautiful show of honesty connection and sharing and really breaking down the stigma of grief management and asking for help when you need it as always guys have an absolutely awesome week whatever you've got planned and i'll catch you next week for another awesome life chat